All right. Happy Monday. Welcome to this wildcard show with Winfrey and Terry Brown located in Sedona, Arizona. Today it is November the 8th, 2021. Today is three years after the fire in Paradise, California. PBS Radio was involved with that and myself also. My name is Gijs Minderhout located currently in Los Molinos, California. I welcome you all. And as usual, this is a simulcast with a conference call. And every time you hear a ding, that is a person calling in. And right after this one hour show, CBS will also broadcast our next conference call, which is our daily whole planet healing call. We had two callers join in. Happy Monday to you folks. If you want to, please say your names and location. Cecil from the Great Northwest. Welcome, Cecil. Thank you, Heiz. Welcome, family. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And as I'm, oh, you're welcome, Cecil. It is great to be working on this project, as you are doing as well on the whole planet healing. Yes, it is great. There was another. So yes, Cecil is the. Right, wants to stay in the background, apparently, which is fine. Sure, that's okay. Cecil is the person who daily calls in. The love light at the beginning of our holy, our whole, I call it holy, <laughs> our whole planet healing conference call to create a protected space. And during the daily call, we go through several sections. We have Cecil Paul in the love light, with and Terry introduce themselves. Bonnie, it's usually Bonnie who reads an excerpt from earlier channel material. Jennifer in Pennsylvania daily researches the activity on our planet in relation to earthquakes and volcanoes, which we send love light calming energy. Let me welcome the next caller. Thank you for being here. Please say your name and location. Hi, this is Terry in Sedona. Hi, Terry. Good evening, Terry. Welcome. Hi. Hi. All right. Is Vin on his way? He should be. Let me go and see. All right. And I continue with talking about the whole planet healing call. Um, after we go over the planet, the tour with Jennifer, we open up the phone lines where the callers have the app the opportunity to put issues into the love light. And after that, Wynn does a planetary visualization, mentioning issues that we want to send love light for resolutions, for calming, for correcting, all for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. And like I said, on Mondays and Wednesdays, it's being broadcast by BBS Radio right after our Monday and Wednesday conference call. 
And you also have the option to call in on the other days by calling 712-770-4340. And the access code is 250-5135. Although this number is gonna change for the 16th of this month. And this is being announced when you call in with the number I gave you just now. They give you also the new number to call from the 16th of November on. Again, thank you all for being here. You dropped out, Heis. I'm, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. We wait for Win3 to call in, and then we will get to know what he has in mind for this one hour tonight. Happy Monday. Welcome to the conference call. If you want to, please say name and location. Roger in Austin. Hi, Roger. Hello, Roger. Welcome. Hi, everybody. And if you just called in, not called in, dialed in with BBS Radio Online, happy Monday to you and welcome. So we'll just be patient and wait for when to call in. Happy Monday, welcome. Please say name and location. Hi, hi, this is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. Hi, Jeannie, welcome. Hello. Hi, Jimmy. It's good to be in this space. I can feel the energy. It's just nice to be here. Yes. Happy Monday. Welcome. Please say name and location. It's Wynn in Sedona. Hi. Hi, Wynn. Welcome, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Are we ready? And yes, we are live. Yes, we are live on BBS. And you want to get okay. run with the start the recorder room after I muted the line? Yes, please. Muted. Today is November 8th. The recording has started. This is November 8th, 2021. And this is our Monday night wildcard night. And we are going, we have had thousands of conversations with a source that says it is the Council of Elohim. And when we initially started talking to them, they made a number, well, I won't say they were claims. I asked them questions, trying to learn who they were. 
um, what was the value of this connection to other people? And I would say it took me about three years to even begin to answer those questions and where I started to talk about it. And then we started having live discussions with them on BBS radio. And and we started out where I would just talk about it and sometimes I would replay uh, conversations we had on the calls. And probably two or three years after that, I said, what if we do a live session with them? And I was nervous about doing that. And I was nervous because I said to myself, Oh, what if something negative comes through? Um, how do I know I can trust it? And so we tried it as an experiment. And of course, Terry was channeling. And, um, and she, did, she wasn't even remembering what she was saying when she channeled, okay? Um, and many times, she did not even look at it <laughs> or listen to it to see. And I was there saying, oh my God, did she just say this? And that was going on for quite some time. And I would pick a topic, and then at one point, I picked a topic that, you know, they had said they had created the universe, which is an awfully big claim. And I picked a topic one time. I didn't know where it was going to go. It was kind of experimental. It was on how the Elohim created the universe. And it ended up being amazing. It was probably one of the most amazing series. It ended up to be approximately... I think there are 30 sessions. And um, I'm going to play one of those sessions. And it's not the first one. It's probably, this was on January 2nd. I think we had may have done 10 sessions before this. This was on January 6th. 2014. And if you go to the Spirit Channel, there is a transcript of it. It is so deep, and it is, it's like these sessions, I could not imagine 
I was amazed at, um, how, how can I say it, how they were talking to us in in such a normal way, um, familiar way, because we had kind of gotten to know each other, and explaining these awesome energies that came together and how they came together in the formation of the universe that we all live in and to some say we're trapped in it <laughs> and that's true in this realm we become trapped and we don't even know there's anything more than the physical world that we look at so i hope you enjoy this and here we go uh, can i say something uh, right at the start here yeah, well, this is this Hello? is Terry Brown. She's live. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, um, a number of people have gotten snow, and um, uh, George Norrie on Coast Coast last night uh, indicated that the snow in St. Louis uh, had a Gardner counter reading of seventy. Uh, so, um, if the, like, if it mentioned snow, the latest on Fukushima to um, ground the energy. Well, he's not here. He might show up. Right. Careful to wash it off. And people are saying this is the year of the big changes. And uh, Careful to wash if you can. <laughs> I, I, I read it well, on January 6th, two, January 6th, January 6th, 2000. Um, like, uh, can I say something uh, right at the start here? Yeah, you know, this is this Hello? is January January sixth, two thousand and fourteen, and people are saying this is. You know, I just skipped a couple of minutes in the intro because they were having to do with things that were happening on January sixth, two thousand and fourteen, uh, and we're going to get. Uh, this should be pretty close to where we we start the topic. The year of the big changes. And um, get ready to fasten your seatbelts. And this is our Monday night intelligent infinity call. And I decided that we would do a show tonight Continuing our ongoing dialogues with the Elohim on how the universe was created. And I think it's these kinds of questions and answers that they give that, for me, seem to validate way back when that, geez, they must be who they say they are. How could they possibly answer that question? And um, these are always exciting calls because I don't know what I'm going to ask. I don't know what they're going to answer. And simultaneously, there's stuff that's brought through that's never been in this realm before, as far as I know. At least not in uh, recorded history of humans. So um, thank you all for being here and 
helping to hold the energy, helping to um, ground the energy. Everybody on the internet right now, we welcome all of you. And um, I will I will be checking my emails during the call. So um, this is not a question the Elohim call, but if you if 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 you have a question that directly relates to a topic that we explore, then feel free to send it in, Winfrey at Yahoo, or just reply to the email that um, we sent out to announce the call, and I'll consider asking it. But usually, I, I like to stay in my own line of questioning because it's kind of like I approach it like a detective, and when they answer one thing, it leads to another question, which then leads to another question, and that's how it gets really creative. We haven't done one of these calls for quite some time. You know, one of the reasons, sometimes people have asked me, more in the past than the present, but sometimes people have asked me, how come we just don't do all Elohim calls and just question them on every call we do. And, you know, the purpose of this call has got more than one purpose. And one purpose is that it's important for us to express ourselves. It's important for you to express yourselves. Uh, we do calls that are open mics. We do calls of different natures. Because, you know what, in this realm, a flow is necessary. And for whatever reason, when one kind of does the same thing over and over and over again, the edge gets lost. So it's like keeping things fresh, keeping the things creative, keeping the energy moving, and that's what makes it interesting. And keeping everyone a chance themselves to express in the context of what we're doing. You know, when we, when I just encourage people that when we have a Wednesday call where you guys submit questions, if you've never submitted a question, no matter how dumb, as long as it's sincere, no matter how dumb it might be, uh, you should ask it. You should ask it because I think I said this before, but I'll say it again. It's one of those important things. When Terry first started channeling and the voice came through that said they were the Elohim, I was skeptical. And one of the things I did, which I, I don't believe I... I did this with Daphne. One of the things I did was to uh, ask a couple people I know uh, for a question that I could ask on their behalf, or if I had a question, ask them for permission. And I would ask, I probably had five or six or seven different people like that in the first couple of months that Terry was channeling. And the first thing was, is I was amazed at how they could tune into the person. 
and they could see patterns that I knew were there. There were deep patterns, but I knew the pattern was there, and they hit it right on the head, I believe, almost every time. And then I asked them a question, and I said, um, aside from the verbal answer to the question, was there any benefit for a person getting a, asking a question to them? And their answer was, when somebody asks a question, they have to move into the space of the person's energy field to look at them to answer the question. And that when they do that, once they retreated, they left a trail. They left an energy track. And that if the person chose to look for it, they could follow that trail energetically and have more of a connection with the higher realms. So well, it's such a rare opportunity. You know, some of you realize, some of you know this, that you can't really place a value on some of the things that happen on these calls and on some of the interactions where one short session, one question, changes your life forever. And so it's worth asking a question on the Wednesday. Take advantage of that. You know, I, I give priority to people that never asked a question before. So if you're listening and never asked a question, ask a question. Even if you think it's a dumb question. If it's something, you know, the best questions are one, ones about questions about your own life and your own obstacles. Because sometimes they will give a key that will switch that obstacle or take it out. Um, and, you know, there's been times when amazing things have happened because people have asked the question. Um, and so take advantage. We're going to go into this right now. Uh, maybe I should just, in case anyone's listening, this is probably a series of about six different Mondays we've done over the past couple of years. And uh, if you like the style of it, if you like the information that comes through, you can go to the Spirit Channel, which is our archive site, thespiritchannel.net, and you can do a search for how the Elohim created the universe. And if everything is working correctly, you should get that series of calls coming up on the search. And, um, you know, giving you like the two-minute bringing things up to date. Originally, there was nothing. Nothing became aware of itself. That first awareness learned that it could subdivide its energy, kind of like an amoeba, and it was lonely, so it wanted others. So it kept subdividing it, and the first of the subdivisions were the Elohim. And now that their population grew, to the point where there were probably millions of them, but there were just energies and there was no universe. And then they, it was a giant experiment, they 
They learned how to um, create energies, frequencies together that will create points in time space that was the beginning of the universe. But for a universe to exist, there had to be both time and space. Time and space are not part of nothingness. <laughs> so it's it's about creating time and creating space. And we've had lots of conversations. Then it was about creating DNA and creating life. And, you know, we've jumped around. This has not exactly been totally linear. And there's places where I have holes that I've never asked, how do we get from there to there? Like, for example, they explained to us the amoeba was the first life form they developed. And then there's a jump start to, to humans and Elohim souls that came into this realm and occupied bodies. And then, because free will was given, then there became the development of what we call the negative, because the negative had learned to take energy from other beings underneath it or around it. So there's lots of holes and areas to explore. Sometimes they don't want to answer a question, and that's okay. Um, and they have their reasons, and and uh, so we'll just work around that. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect Terry and myself and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system through the outer energy field of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to. And anything not of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? Do we have Terry unmuted? We don't hear anything yet. Okay. I got to explore and see what's, what's going on at the moment. We are walking through the house. And did your phone go off? 
behind the You lost your phone? Why don't you just push this little button <laughs> on the top of your headset? Ouch. Say something. This is your this... Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I hear you. Uh, no, I don't hear you. Okay, guys, this is all part of the show. We're about to have the creators of the universe address us, and Terry lost her phone. <laughs> I'm glad they have a sense of humor. <laughs> I'm glad they're patient. This is win live. We used to go through this all the time. You got your phone? Because How come I don't hear you? No. Push your headset again. Like this? Now I hear you. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, give us a moment. We we are ready to start. Okay. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is the 6th of January, 2014. And we are multidimensional. We are with each and every one of you at the same time who wishes to have us with you. We are able to do more than one thing at one time. And it is our joy to be with you and to be able to connect. And as we look at each and every one of you, we see that there is a great variance of temperature in the different areas where you are, and we connect with each one of you and are available to answer questions. Do you have questions? Are you aware of our topic tonight? Give us a moment. Yes, we are. The topic is concerning the creation of the universe. And yes. there is a question of what happened between the creation of the amoeba and the creation of mankind. As it is a very big jump that has gone from one to another. Keep in mind that the first creation was not of the manifest, the hard manifest, the third dimension manifest. It was the manifest within the mind, within the creation of the mind, of what visually, auditorily, all of the sense, the senses, 
what could be created or could be brought together that could be a housing focusing mechanism for mankind. And it started with a thin, not a solid projection, a projection of energy. And the energy then was able to capture the essence within itself, within the projection, and to make it into a uniform energy that could then begin to scent, could begin to have smells, could begin to hear the auditory vibration. Mind you, you do not need ears to hear. You do not need eyes to see. As when you are out of your body, you still have these senses. The body nearly magnifies them and focuses them for the whole unit of the body to act as a whole in connection with this is help. Are you muted? Yeah, I would assume that the Elohim, when they were pure energy forms, were also in a state of creating themselves and each other uh, for quite some time before there was even anything physical. Am I correct in that? And can you explain anything of of that part of evolution? There is some physicality to the manifest outside of this third dimension. The light body is a precursor to the physical body. And the light body has all of the senses. This has developed over time, and this modifies as someone experiences life in the third density. When a galaxy was first created, and I remember it was referred to as a spitting out of energy, we think of galaxies as being huge. When you first, when a galaxy got all created, and I believe it started as one creation that stands out, did it seem huge to you? At the first creation of the galaxy, it did not seem huge. Size is relative. So it was as if it were a toy 
as if it were a top, and we were bigger than that. And so size is relative. And did the galaxy get bigger, or are the proportions still where you're much bigger than a galaxy? We were much bigger than the galaxy. Then and, we and you still are. And you, we and you have the ability, and everyone on the line, everyone has the ability to get big and to get small. This is one of your abilities. You have the ability to expand greater than a galaxy or smaller than a molecule. It is a projection that you have the ability to make. Do we do we do this when we're on our Sunday calls? Some of you do this when you are on the Sunday calls. You do this. Terry does this on the Sunday calls so that some of the areas of Earth that are looked at on the calls are looked at from a vantage point of being very much larger than the area one is looking at. However, if one looked at it from the other perspective of being very small, then these things would seem immense that you look at. Mm-hmm. So, as I've noticed the progression in the Sunday call, um, when we first started, let's say when we do the Ring of Fire, it felt like going across through the map was a huge thing to do, and we would do it. We do it, and we still do it sometimes, like piece by piece, going up the coast and going up the coast of Mexico and going up California, et cetera, et cetera, and going around and trying to address each little piece of the coastline. And it seems like when we do it now, our group is this is my. I just want to get a confirmation of this. Our group has, and ourselves have learned how to hold a wider energy field, and we can do the whole thing more simultaneously. Yes, there is an ability to look at the whole of the area at one time and to hold the energy of the whole ring of fire and to project the calmness over it, to project the love, and to help strengthen the grids. It is able to be done in one book, or to look at each particular area as one narrows their focus, much like a camera lens. 
Do you have to keep flowing into the universe for the universe to keep working? No. So the universe, universe, the universe will continue to work whether you are flowing into it or paying attention to it or not. That is correct. Although it probably won't work as well. Well, we attempt to harmonize and to bring love light into areas of disharmony when it is mm-hmm. open to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it seems to me that there's only one energy field, and ultimately you're you're the same energy as us, but we're just more way more contracted in general. But when we touch energy fields, you know there was when, when in one of our early conversations about how the universe was created, I remember you talking about what a joy it was to have uh, two Elohim creating spinningness. And when the, where the spinningness intersected, it created a, a new point in time-space or space-time, and that was an anchor point for part of the universe that was developing. If I have that correct, that's the way I remember it. Is that somewhat in the ballpark? When we looked at <laughs> toroid energy, of which we are all made, then there are nuances, variations, missing frequencies, added frequencies that create all of the differentiations. So, at heart, we are all one. However, as we integrate into a particular location and spinningness, then that focuses us into that area. Mm-hmm. But to create a point in space-time, could one Elohim create a point in space-time by himself, or did it take multiple Elohim to create a point in space-time? When we are one, we would need to multiply our focus into various points at the same time to create this, which then begins to create othernesses as the othernesses develop and we search for the words. The othernesses develop and create their anchor points in space-time 
then there begins to be creation of new space time and localized focusing of consciousness. So was the, the were the initial points in space time alive? What did they have awareness and consciousness? Could they immediately create from where they were? Or was that something that was added as things developed? As things developed, different developments manifested. There were not uniform awarenesses. There tended to be consciousness focused and not aware of itself, but simply conscious of the surroundings. Consciousness to be aware needs to divide in that to be aware you need to have something to be aware of. Self alone is self alone without looking without and without seeing itself. When you have two, you can get the reflection of yourself within the other. So there's an inherent built-in quality in creation for everything to want to create around itself so it gets a reflection, kind of downloaded into this realm why parents want to have children or people want to have relationships and lovers. It's it's defining yourself, being aware of yourself by the reflection that's created around you. Is that, that is correct. Yeah. But then people start thinking they are the reflection. They think they don't realize. They lose the idea that there's more to who they are than just a reflective light. And it becomes a wall of mirrors. How does one reconcile that? When one looks around them, they see othernesses. And they get confirmation of their own existence by the othernesses around them. There is something within all of all that is. A plasma field is within all that is. And as 
the person vibrates, the vibrations reflect in the plasma field and they can begin to create within their sphere. When a human contemplates and creates, is he generating frequencies? Yes. And by the frequencies he generates, it will determine what he creates, what he brings into himself, the materials he creates with the frequencies that he creates with, and what he gets as a final result. There's something called the Schumann resonance, which people call the frequency of the Earth. Is that the frequency of the Earth's cre creation? It is the frequency that the Earth vibrates at and is beneficial for Earth, for life in the Earth plane. And the building and connection of the individual with the surroundings. They are connected and they are brought within the same resonance or people are, which keeps, helps keep the people in sync to help them create society. Does each human have a unique frequency, or do they vary? Each human has a unique set of frequencies which make up his light body and which his physical body operates at. And are those frequencies connected to the DNA? Yes, the DNA is one of the generators of these frequencies. And when you have latent unopened strands of DNA, does that unopened strand have a frequency that if it was exposed to would help open it up? Yes. In the interactions in the life of an individual, depending upon how open now, so the frequencies strands can begin to vibrate and open up new gifts. Mm -hmm. Now, do the frequencies have to come from another person? Can they come from the higher realms? Do they come from the earth? How does the people are interested because we've told them that 
they have to open up their fourth strand of DNA to graduate this realm. And I've said many times my own hypothesis, but I've never asked it. These are frequencies that have to come in and vibrate. And so can they come in from another person, from the higher realms, from amorphous light energy? How do the frequencies get into the DNA so they can open it up? They can come in from all of those sources. They can come in from the star body. They can come in from the surroundings. They can come in from the configuration of the individual with his astrological chart. These can all help resonate that individual in accordance with the lessons that he is beginning to open to to learn or to simply vibrate over and over with a repeating pattern, life after life, and attempt to move through that those frequencies to bring breakthroughs. So the individual is able to take advantage of more frequencies so that he is able to get fulfillment from the fruits of his own life. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about frequencies, frequencies have very specific values. You could say the frequency of AC house current is 60 cycles per second. The frequency of light is such and such. Every color has a frequency. And um, I know people might be thinking, I'm thinking, we talk about the frequencies from another person, from the higher realms. Can you artificially produce frequencies um, and assign a value to different areas of your body that would open the body up? Say the heart was 6,232 cycles. Is that possible? Robotically, to create a frequency may help to put that frequency within the body sphere so that the body can begin to recognize and help resonate at that frequency. For instance, if someone is lacking a strong foundation chakra, they may be lacking the note of C in their matrix. They may not resonate with the note of C. They may dislike the note of C. Getting a tuning fork or a singing bowl and putting the tone of C into their space may help them to some degree to establish that frequency. However, the reasons why 
they have not established a strong grounding frequency can help them more as they explore what it means to have a strong grounding frequency, what it means to have a strong foundation, what it means to have the ability to sexually express themselves with another person and to receive love and to give love. This is a more a fuller spectrum of what they need to get the chakra working rather than merely to have them listen to the note of C or E or the missing note, the weak note in their matrix. Now, we're talking about audio frequencies right now. That is correct. And, that is correct. So, some people, there's also the rice machine frequencies. There's people that do color therapy where they have color frequencies. Uh, are, are, how, do, how does that fit in to this line of questioning? These things will all help, however, to explore the reason that they are missing the frequencies and the colors within their own metrics to bring the fullness of life with the expression of those chakras into one's life will then establish the strong connections that are needed, the supporting connections of the foundation chakra, the sexual chakra, the power chakra, all support the heart chakra. So that when one is supported fully, then one finds it easier to open one's heart. So in other words, if one does not have uh, feel secure, if one feels that's that's the root chakra security, then that would impact the heart chakra. Or if one is uh, denying themselves sexual expression, that could affect the heart chakra. And if one is disempowered and doesn't know how to express power, that can affect the heart chakra. Yes. That is correct. So when one thinks about opening their heart, they also have to think about opening the other three lower chakras. Because that's this the foundation. Them, this, this will help them greatly in the opening of their heart. Is then they will be accepting the support from their full matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, to graduate this realm, does one need all those chakras open, plus the heart, or can a person kind of be in the heart and still graduate? One 
can be in the heart and still graduate. But it's not easy to be in the heart. It's just it's not easy to be in the heart without some support from the other three chakras. In the Can third density, that? That, is, that is correct. In, in the third density. In, yes. the, in the higher densities, that may not be true, right? In the higher well, densities, it is easier to be in the heart as mm-hmm. the, the heaviness is not there. There is more light in the higher realms, and that is supporting. When you say there's more light, would you could we interpret that to mean that people beings uh, just see each other more clearly? They don't seem separated from each other. They automatically no. tune in. No. They no? are physically. They are physically um, expressing more light in their matrix. Mm-hmm. They. Their matrix are resonating with light. Mm-hmm. And the last question, we're running out of time. We've got about uh, two and a half to three minutes. Um, as you guys can see, this is a very, I didn't, I went off topic and then kind of, uh, but it was it's very interesting stuff. So, uh, uh, in the creation of the universe, we know there's a multiplicity of dimensions, and the dimensions are all interlocked by something that people call sacred geometry. And can you give a little explanation of how that works in two minutes? <laughs> Each density, as you get into the higher densities, carries more light. As you get into the higher densities, there, at the top, everything is simply one. Then, as you move down into the 11th dimension, the Beings are energy beings and are working together. And the way the Elohim are in the tenth dimension. And there is pure love in that dimension. As you move down the dimensions, there are different functions within the dimension. Models are made for life in some of the dimensions. As you move down, there is more structure. There, in the fifth dimension, there are beautiful cities. There are beautiful relationships. 
and things shine like light. In the fourth dimension, there is the heavenly realm where there is more light and there are rivers and streams. There are houses and there is much help for individuals to move from the third dimension to the fourth dimension to debrief them from their life. That is a little bit of an explanation. Thank you so much. Okay, we have to end this call. And if you're on BBS, just stay on the line because we're going on Whole Planet Healing. We usually start about right now. So we'll probably start in two minutes. So we'll see you all over on Whole Planet Healing. And just this hang on, on BBS. This is no longer being recorded. Hang on because uh, Whole Planet Healing will just come on exactly where you are right now. Hi, Kira. Hi, Joy Joy. Hi, Anybody else Hi, Joy. In? Would you like to say your names and location? All right, you're on BBS. Hi, it's Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, hi, hi. 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 Hi, welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Roger in Austin. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hey, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, hi. Where's Antonio? I don't know, uh, but I'm going to let somebody else do some greeting because I still got to pick something to read. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the call. Would you like to say your name and location? Oh, look. Hello, Bowen. Hi, Pauline. Hi, Pauline. Welcome to call. Hello, Cecil. Hi. Hi, Dad. How's Mom doing? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Uh, she's going downhill, you know. But no. not, not fast enough. It, it's a slippery slope, I know. Yeah. Welcome to call. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, it's Wynn in Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Welcome to call. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Who else? Hi. Hello to everybody on BBS. We're starting momentarily. Is Highs here? Yeah, the dings are off, Wynn. Dings are off. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Muted. November 8th. The recording has started. This is November 8th, 2021. Everybody, everywhere, whole planet healing. And um, if you just listened to the call we just did, that was in 2014. And we were having calls like this quite often, publicly, where we were um, having conversations with this intelligence that identified itself as the Council of Elohim. And they said 
They existed before there was a manifest universe, and they were part of the creation of the universe. And as we got to know them and question them, they said that they understood the matrix, the geometry of how the universe was created. They had the ability to alter frequencies that would make changes in the universe that would look like miracles in our realm. And Elohim happens to be one of the words for God in the Old Testament and the Book of Mormon. And <laughs> uh, one day, in one night in 2002, um, I was with my friend Terry, and she woke me up in the middle of the night and said, get a tape recorder out. And a voice came through her that said it was the Council of Elohim and to ask them questions. And we've been asking questions ever since. By attending this call, you have the opportunity um, to open up to their energies. They say they're paying attention to everyone that's on this call that wants to be paid attention to. They don't violate your free will, and they operate for the highest good of all concerned. Many people who have attended our calls have had um, phenomena and miracles and synchronicities which they attribute to this connection with the Elohim. And the purpose of this call is to create a group intention with the Elohim connected to create more positive outcomes for the future of our planet. And we start out by doing what I call an invocation to the light, to bring their frequencies in, to protect the energy on this call from negative sources that might be intruding. And um, if you look at the space in between the, the words in the silence, You may sense an energy, and you might consider that might be this very same Elohim, how they feel on this line. And I turn it over to Cecil Jepson near Seattle, Washington. Thank you, Wim. Father, Mother God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light. To surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio, and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of life and be transmuted to the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy, radiating 
from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And back to you, Wim. Thank you, Cecil. So I'm going to take a moment. You know, it's very, it's very hard to believe we're doing what we're doing. I mean, I found it hard to believe, and I kept testing it and testing it, probably for at least three years. And I said, you know what? I think they might be who they say they are. And um, the reason that this came about is because my friend Terry woke me up in the middle of the night. And they started talking to me through her. And there were a number of things that kept giving me indications that it was legit. They were real. And one of them was when I asked them if Terry was ever anybody famous in a past life. And they told me, look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard of. So I Googled St. Catherine of Siena. I found the story of this young woman that was going to the local church in Siena, Italy. And they would write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them through her. When she died, all of these channelings, which had been transcribed, turned into a book called St. Catherine's Dialogues with God, which became a classic of Catholic literature, still on Amazon today. And Terry happened to be the spitting image of St. Catherine. And um, I'm going to turn it over to Terry to say hello. Are you there, Terry? <laughs> you listened to the previous call. <laughs> she, she can be very forgetful. All right. We're going to move on. So maybe she'll say hello later. We're moving on to Bonnie in, oh, what's the name of that city? Um, Corona, California. <laughs> Corona. Corona, yeah. California. And we have thousands of conversations with these guys at this point. And Bonnie is going to read a short excerpt. Keep it short, Bonnie, because... Okay. We're on BBS tonight. We have to, you know, close this by sure. seven, eight, by eight. 
Pacific time. All right. So if you listen to the previous call, you heard a recording of one of our sessions, and now you're going to hear an excerpt. And we have thousands of sessions posted on the Internet on the spiritchannel.net. And one thing that happens to people that pay attention to our work that I've observed is the process of their evolution speeds up. They start to overcome some of the patterns that have been holding them back, and they start to integrate on a deep level that they are part of this the consciousness of the universe and part of divinity in a real way without religion or or doctrines. And I turn it over to Bonnie. Hi. Well, I was inspired by uh, the previous call here that was on the subject of how the Elohim created the universe. And this is another call, and and this is available on the spiritchannel.net. You can look it up for yourself. The date of this particular call was February 3rd, 2014. And again, this is the theme is how the Elohim created the universe. So the call is basically a conversation between Wynn and the sources. Uh, discussing various things on that topic. And so uh, one of the questions that Wynn is asking is uh, he asks, we know that there are a lot of you up there, and he's referring to the sources. If you were going to do a census, how many Elohim are there? I know they fan out through lots of dimensions, and they're in councils, but how many individual Elohim entities are up there? And Ra'an, through Terry, gives us an answer. We who are speaking, the part of the Elohim that is speaking through you, we have not made a count. There are millions of us, and there are millions of us that are compartmentalized into different areas with different functions, monitoring attitudes of grace, monitoring areas within the third density that may need help, monitoring areas within the angelic realm that may need help. We are like a monitoring group that can step in and can help to get things going again when things are not operating correctly. So there are many departments and millions of entities within those departments that are working together on their own particular assigned paths. And when asked, Uh, As the physical realm was created and evolved, we know that the Elohim were carefully monitoring it as it evolved. And according to our last talk, the Elohim initially could come and go, and they could occupy beings. 
And then some of them got stuck. Of the ones that got stuck, did some of those original stuck beings, are they still in this realm, still stuck, or did they manage to graduate? And what percentage of them managed to graduate, if you can see that, raw on? Well, there's really a small percentage that managed to graduate. And one of the difficulties in graduation is that when one is in an energy and is moving within an energy, it is very hard for them to escape that box that they're in. And they keep looking within the box to attain their various goals, goals of survival, the goals of achieving plenty, and the goals of fulfillment. And it's very hard for them to, within the box and with the materials of the box, to imagine escaping from the box and going back into the higher realm. And when asked, in the course of human humanity's history, there are people that have had roles of teachers as starting religions. Were some of these people connecting with the Elohim as part of their manifestation? For example, like Krishna, Ra'an. We see Krishna as connecting with other beings. However, they were not of the higher Elohim where we are. Although he did have, like the tuning of an instrument, he could tune his body to achieve the higher vibrations and be, however, he had particular vibrations that he tuned into. Past masters, past entities, which have learned much. He particularly tuned into those rather than into the higher realm of the Elohim. However, his tuned body as an instrument was able to sense frequencies in a very large range and was able to go into the range of frequencies where we are. And when asked, if we understand that uh, the creation of the amoeba happened prior to the time there were any Elohim in this realm, and can you tell us a little bit more about the story uh, from the amoeba to he animals to humanoids? When the higher Elohim would be observing Elohim coming into this realm and not going back, why did they continue to come? Ra'an, some of them wanted to find out what happened to their cousins and brothers. Some of them wanted to experience things that when individuals came back that talked about. Other individuals who heard this wanted to go and to experience what it was like to be various animals or to be various people, or have various lifetimes, or and what it was like. 
an exciting adventure would be one of the ways that it was looked at. So we have extreme sports uh, nowadays. Uh, I think uh, life in 3D was an extreme sport for the Elohim who thought they could come in and and be the hero, but they get here and forget. Um, this goes on and on, and I think I will close for now. Um, again, this call was February 3rd, 2014, and all these channel links are available on thespiritchannel.net. So I urge you to go and check them out for yourself. And back to you, Wynn. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. And this call is named Whole Planet Healing. And we're going to go through our planet very quickly with a goal, intent, of creating positive shifts for the future. One of the things, and there's a lot of things here to cover, and we got to do it really fast. One of the things is earth changes. Many people have predicted catastrophic earth changes somewhere in this period of time. And uh, from prophets to geologists, whatever. So we're going to uh, do a little focus on earthquakes and volcanoes. And Jennifer in Pennsylvania, is going to go through the current earthquakes and volcanoes that occurred in the last 24 hours. And we, with the help of our sources, are going to think of sending calm energy to each of these locations when Jennifer points them out. And I turn it over to Jennifer. Thank you, Wynn. I would like to invite Mother Earth to join with us, and Mother Earth can increase our intentions to calm. And if you're new, if you're on BBS and haven't done this before with us, just play along. It's, it's very nice. We just send calming energy. We're going to start down tonight with our beautiful island state of Hawaii. Um, the Big Island today had a pretty good day. We did have a 3.0 near Pahala, but the activity was centered primarily in what they call the slump area, uh, which is the volcanic field, which is south of uh, Mauna Loa. And this region every day, it is swarming. And we send just calming energy because there are people that live in this region. And then over to Kilauea, there was a very low level 1.2 within the caldera of the uh, volcano. And then between Pahala and uh, Kilauea, there was there were four different little earthquakes there. So all in all, pretty calm day there. So let us just take a real quick second and send additional calming to increase uh, the calm intentions of ours, and this, what we can't see is really what is so important, and that would be the hot spots that Hawaii sits on, um, the fault lines, and the fracture zones, and the undersea mountains. 
there are a lot of volcanoes going off under the ocean that we can't see, and it all affects everything affects everything else. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go down to um, the New Zealand region. And this is the southernmost point of the Ring of Fire that we usually start um, our journey with. <clears throat> we look at New Zealand, the South Island. <clears throat> Today we had 3.9 that was on the South Island and then a 3.4 just off the North Island in the sea. And that was about it. There were a couple that were less than that there. We're going to move northward along the Kermadec Trench to Fiji, where we had a 4.5. And then we make a left-hand turn going westward over to Indonesia, where we had all sorts of fours. But we just, in a little while ago, had a 5.0 there. And we also have Volcano Ibu erupting today. We're going to turn north towards the Philippines, where we had a pair of 4.8. And then moving north to Japan, we had a couple of fours, 4.7 and a 4.1. And then moving northward to the Russian area uh, of Kamchatsky, we had a volcano there, Kerensky, that erupted today. But there wasn't anything of seismic note. Moving across to Alaska was very quiet day, 3.1 out on the Aleutians, and less than that on, on the mainland. So that's actually quite a calm day. Then we're going to move down to Canada. Nothing is reported, but we're going to send calm anyway, because we know that they're involved just as much as the U.S. in this, uh, the Earth changes that are going on. And then we're going to move down into Washington. Um, Mount Rainier is rumbling. And Mount St. Helens had five little earthquakes around it today. So we just want to send calm to the volcanoes there, as well as Mount Hood in Oregon. Nothing was posted, but you know they're all connected to each other under the, the surface there. So we just send calm to all the volcanoes, and I'm sure there are a lot of them that I missed there. And we mentioned a couple. And then we're going to move down into California, where we had a 2.8 out on the Mendocino Triple Junction, just offshore, and this is where the three plates come together in Northern California. And we watch this very carefully every day because uh, this area in particular gets a lot of stress. There are three different plates there coming together. And then we're going to move a little bit further south and to the Gulf region, always rumbling. We just send additional calm all the way down to San Andreas, which today was actually under control, really just had very low-level activity. Um, into Southern California, everything was under two. <clears throat> Looking at the eastern part of the state, um, we did have the Walker Swarm still ongoing, but it has lessened in intensity and also the number frequency. And also then moving down through this region, I also wanted to mention Mina, Nevada. There was a 3.2 there, and it is just across the border from this area. <clears throat> moving down through uh, Long Valley, we had a 2.2, and down through Ridgecrest, which is always uh, vibrating. <laughs> and then before we leave the U.S., I do want to mention Idaho, primarily Stanley. Idaho, we did have a 3.5 there, 
today and a 2.3. And then moving down, we're going to leave the U.S. and move down into Mexico. In the Gulf of California, there was a 4.2 and a 4.1. And then down into the main uh, continent, or country, I should say, of Mexico, uh, we had fours and threes. Moving down to Guatemala, we had a 4.5, and Fuego is erupting. South to El Salvador, we had a 4.5. And then down south to Nicaragua, we had a, just a little while ago, 5.8. So that is, um, that's all for Central America. On the other side of the plate, directly across, uh, we have Haiti, which has a couple of 3.6s, and Puerto Rico was a 3.6. Now, we want to send this area of island nations um, calming because this will reverberate over to them, this 5.8. Then moving back to uh, South America, it was very calm. Colombia has Nevado del Ruiz erupting, but no seismic. Ecuador has CNJ and Aventador erupting. Moving south into Peru, we have 3.7 and 7 Kaya erupting. South to Chile, we had a 4.9, 4.8, and Nevado State Chilean is erupting. And then we're going to move over to the Canary Islands. We're going to move up the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, and we're going to stop off at the Canary Islands. And they are still swarming with uh, this volcano. It's actually Cumbre Vieja. Uh, the volcano is still erupting tonight. It is still um, lava flowing down the mountainside. It shows really no signs of stopping, although... It has been throwing a lot of ash out the last couple of days. And the amount of um, earthquakes has lessened somewhat. I forgot to check the amount today, but yesterday I believe it was like 40, 50, as opposed to like two or three times that a couple of weeks ago. So we're just keeping an eye on it and then calm to that little island. And then moving across the Strait of Gibraltar, we have 2.6. It is swarming there. Everything was 2.6 or less. Moving across Spain and France, not much in the ones. Italy, 2. Croatia, 3.1. Albania, 3.0. Greece had very low levels today, 2s and 3s in the Greek islands. Turkey, central Turkey had a 5.1. Iran had 3.5. Tajikistan, 4.2. 4.4 in China and a 4.5 in Myanmar. And where Myanmar sits brings us right back to the point of origin, and that would be the Ring of Fire. I want to say thank you to our brother for participating, and I'll send you all back to win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. And Thank you for doing that every day. She does research on the geological maps and other sources to find these events that are occurring. And um, we're in just a few minutes, I'm going to do an overview 
um, moving through our entire planet of some of the high points of, how should we say it, difficult circumstances that could turn out bad, could, could turn out good, and we're putting in our energy for positive outcomes. And on that note, before I start, we have time for a couple of people to put in things into this field of energy of their own concern. And I'm going to unmute everybody. Here we go. Unmuted. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. I ask for the rapid acceleration of the awakening of the human family so that this time of difficulty might be shortened, lives might be saved, suffering might be assuaged. I ask that the light may begin to dawn in the hearts of even those who have long been in service to self and in service to darkness and power over others. Let them turn around and step out of the shadows and join in loving and caring for humans rather than in using humans for selfish purposes. I ask that the light in all minds and the love in all hearts be increased so greatly that the darkness becomes nothing more than an illusion, a bad dream, and ceases to have any power over humanity. Thank you. Tom in San Jose asking for support and protection for all the people working to fix the election process in line with the founding of our country and the Constitution. Special support and protection for Sidney Powell and Mike Rendell and for Mike's Symposium and blessings to Morgan. Thank you. This is Jennifer from Greensburg. I'd like to put everybody on this call into the love life for healing, whatever individuals need is. I would like to also include our dear friends on BBS and our family members and also our pets. And I would also like to make mention of Wynn and Terry to send them love light energy that they can maintain their health, their energy levels, and their vigor to do this work. It takes a lot of transcription. And I'd like to also send Terry an extra added bit of love light energy that she can kick her cold and feel better. And I'd also like to include Cecil and Betty, Monica and Larry, Lauren, Tom in San Jose, Dr. Art in Virginia, White Dove in Willow, and Phyllis in Washington, and Joe T. in Issaquah, Antonio Jr., Antonio Sr., and Abby. And I would also like to add myself to this field of energy and extend my many, many, many prayers and gratitude to the Elohim. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we're going to move. Muted. Our closing visualization. Now keep in mind that this call is a partnership. It's a partnership of all of you who are on the call who are 
contributing your energy. It's a partnership with the Elohim group and the Ra group who are adding their energies, which makes our intentions very much more powerful. It doesn't mean that everything we say is going to happen, because it won't. They have their criteria for when they can flow energy into something. And uh, the two main aspects of their criteria are for the highest and greatest good of all concerned and honoring free will. And so even when something is negative, they don't come in like policemen and say, you can't do that because they have their free will and they would be violating. See, everyone is part of all that is. And even when negative makes an intention, it has its power. And the thing about it is the negative can't get these sources to reinforce their energies. So they reinforce their intentions with power, money, trickery, and all kinds of other things. So we're going to start out by surrounding our planet with our group energy, which includes however many of the Elohim and the Ra group would be participating in supporting this. And then we're going to project the energy of love light, Christ consciousness, to the surface of our planet and ask that anything that is open to being lifted, that it be done, and including the humans who are service to others, who are praying, who are keeping their spirits up in spite of all the negative stuff that's going on on our planet. And we go to the children of our planet who and the young people who are the hope for the future. And we ask that as they get a little older, they become wiser and can see in between the cracks of all the deceptions and trickeries going on on our planet. We go to the plant life, the trees, the bushes, and grass, and flowers, and everything else. And the plants take in the energy from the higher realms, bring it down through their leaves, through their branches, through their stems, and through their roots into the earth. We go to the insects of our planet and particularly the insects which are part of the balance of nature like the bees and we ask for the preservation of those species. We go to the fish 
and the sea life, and we also um, send support for this one company that has come up with a process for getting rid of plastics in the ocean, which are very harmful to the creatures in the ocean. We send this energy to the dolphins and the whales. Now we go through the surface of the earth and into the interior of the earth, and we connect with the energy of earth herself. The earth is alive, the earth has consciousness and awareness and even decision-making powers over many things. And the earth goes through a lot of hurt through the activities of humans, the negative emotions of humans, the fear of humans, and some of the activities such as nuclear weapons going off, deforestation, and fracking. So we send healing to the earth. Take a moment and send that energy into the earth. And some of you might feel her energy coming up through your floor and expressing gratitude. We go to the energy waves that travel through the earth that terminate in potential earthquakes and volcanoes. And we send calming energy. We go back to the surface of the earth and we go to all the fault lines on our planet, which are potential earthquakes and volcanoes for the future. And there's zones. The most volatile of all the zones is called the Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. And we're going to send calm energy to that entire area, which goes from Asia to Alaska to North America to South America, big area. Come and just hold that space for that calm energy to penetrate into the ground. We go to the New Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. We put a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter, penetrating through the ground in that entire area, touching all the fault lines and bringing calm energy. And we go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, which goes from the North Pole to the tip of South America in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And we put a longitudinal column of light penetrating through the water into the ground underneath the water, bringing calm energy. 
And we go to all the other individual areas, the smaller earthquake zones, and the isolated fault lines. We ask our sources to help find them and bring calm energy. And any earthquakes or volcanoes that need to happen because the earth needs to release stress can happen gradually and away from population centers. We go now to all the other, some of the other out-of-balance situations on our planet. And the first thing we do is address the coronavirus and its variations and ask that it be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans and ask that they can be strengthened. We go to toxins in vaccines and ask that they can be transmuted and rendered harmless. We go to the awareness of humans and that people can see through the programming that's happening on our planet through newspapers and television and media and even the internet because there's negative agendas that are putting out misleading information with the intent of trickery and that if people are taken in by the trickery, they're giving power to these agendas. We go to the people who are suffering on our planet and many people suffer. There's lack of food, lack of money. There's disease, there's loneliness, there's um, abuse, all kinds of abuse, human trafficking, slavery, even amongst children. And we ask that those people can lift above the outer circumstances and find some refuge in the higher realms And we ask that as the awareness of what goes on, these circumstances have to come to a stop. We go to droughts on the planet. 40% of the planet is having problems. There's huge areas where farms have had to reduce production because there's not enough water. Let's just hold the energy for a moment for rain.
we go to interventions. Actually, we go to the governments of our planet, both local, national, and international. And we ask for qualities of leadership that make people feel safe and make people feel they can trust. Things like benevolence, compassion, wisdom, courage, integrity, and ethics. If all the governments, leaders, embrace those qualities, our world would shift. We go to countries who are adversarial with each other and groups who are adversarial. And we ask that they can resolve their problems nonviolently. Now we go to interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask for transmutation of toxic materials, of radioactivity, of coronavirus, once again, of radio frequencies, which are harmful on any way, shape, or form to humans, including Wi-Fi, cell phones, and 5G, and microwaves, and any intentional broadcast of frequencies, which is harmful. Anything in food, air, water, or medicines transmuted, including GMOs, including nanobytes, an AI, finally, we bring this energy back to ourselves. We see the energy of love, light, and Christ energy moving through the universe, the galaxies, and our solar system, and the outer energy fields of our planet, and landing on our personal rooftop. Where we have an energy filter that only lets positive energy through it. And if we're comfortable, we can invite this energy into our home and let it move through every cubic foot, every room, every closet, every bathroom, transmuting negative energy. We let this energy slow down the outside of our home, putting a protective shield 
from negativity in the world. Turning our home into a sacred refuge. And we bring this energy through our body. Just visualize this light coming in at the top of your head and moving down through your aura system, through your chakra system, helping to release chakras that are closed down. Release obstacles in your energy field. Activate our DNA. Feel your energy expand. Expand into your neighborhood. Into your city. And we are going to end the verbal part of this call. We remind you that you are each an aspect of the one infinite creator, temporarily experiencing these physical bodies on planet Earth. We're closing down the verbal part of this call. And if you're on the phone lines, you can stay on it and um, hold the space for as long as you like. If you're on BBS, thank you for listening. We do this every night at, at 7 p.m. Pacific. And you can find the phone number on the spiritchannel.net in the middle of the home page. And on Mondays and Wednesdays, we broadcast on BBS radio. And the other days of the week, um, you have to listen on the phone lines. And it's a great way of tuning yourself every day and helping lift above all the really trying times that we're going through right now. So I thank everyone for being here. I thank everyone who's volunteering and helping to facilitate this call. And I thank BBS for keeping this broadcasted. We have five calls a week on BBS and five additional calls on our conference line. And on that note, we'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.